one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love being trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Herb Lennon. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads. Two information, trapping radios. We are trappers in ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables, you're saying you're good, because you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the first shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. It's great to have you here. We are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. K A A T Z. BROS.com, trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cutsmurs has what you need to get started on the trap line. Trap, snares, baits, lures, books, DVDs, you need it, they got it, go to Cots Bros. On X Maps, use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. Mark trap locations, check waypoints, uh, run your tracks. You can check out latest aerial imagery, do a bunch of scouting and get landowner information. Of course, go to onxmaps.com, use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, for 20% off. And foil, mink, and tannery, get your fur tanned by the professionals. Preserve that fur for the long term. Moyle is a family-owned company out of Idaho. They've been in business for decades. They do an incredible job, very reasonable prices. And you can get your orders done fast if you use their online customer portal. Fill out all your information, ship out your fur, and uh, they'll get it uh, pretty gosh darn reasonably quick. So, all right, it's raining outside. Uh, oh, by the way, that's moyle.net, M-O-Y-L-E.net. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm in a kind of a dismal mood because it's raining like uh, the Dickens out there. And it's supposed to be a clear, sunny day tomorrow, and I'm planning to cut hay and I got the next three days off and hoping for big things, but this rain just keeps pounding and pounding and pounding away at us. I don't know what I'm going to do. But anyway, so instead of uh, complaining about it too much, I decided to come in here and record the podcast early. So I did a, uh, a little interview with Pat from Massachusetts. We had a nice chat last night. It was uh, a, a real long conversation, had a lot of fun, caught up. And Pat, if you don't remember, Pat was on episode 115 of the podcast back in February of 2020. So you can go back and check that out to learn a little bit more and get some background. But when when he got on the podcast then, he was a brand new trapper. So we're about a year and a half uh, out from from that interview. And it's it's really cool to check in and get kind of a little bit of a an update on his progression as a trapper interestingly pat has 
simultaneously progressed in his fur trapping and his animal damage control work and he's he's doing uh, sort of semi full-time to full-time animal damage control work now in Massachusetts and surrounding areas so that that's something that I think is really commendable because it's hard to start a business like that and so he's really gone out and and uh, taken the uh, initiative to to get out there and, and knock on doors and make phone calls and figure out where the beaver problems are and convince people to uh, to use his services so that was that's that's pretty cool so I'm going to split this uh, interview into several different sections and tonight we are going to get an update from Pat, his progression as a trapper, his animal damage work, a little bit about cages and cage trapping and trapping laws in Massachusetts which are, as you might imagine, very restricted, restrictive and often difficult to understand. But Pat will lay it out for us and I hope you enjoy this and let's get into it. Thank you for coming back on, man. Jeremiah, thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. I love the podcast you put on. That's why, uh, why I love love writing for it. <laughs> so, yeah, for folks that haven't seen, uh, Pat has done a couple of articles, did a review on the MB750 beaver trap and a review of Onyx maps and all the different things that he uses Onyx for on and off yep. the trap line. We'll talk about that here probably a little later on. And I can say I, I've gotten a bit stronger in my article. I was having trouble setting the, the 750s by hand, but now, now I can get them no problem. Oh, it's just a little muscle memory. Or the or the springs just just kind of <laughs> wore down. <laughs> we can, either I'm getting stronger or they're getting weaker. No problem. <laughs> oh, so uh, it was probably a year and a half last time you were on. So, I think it might have been more. I think it might have been pushing two years. So if I was. A real professional i would have gone back and listened to that uh <laughs> because i was i was a st- i was a stammering mess in, in the meantime uh <laughs> it, that was you were like a brand new trapper at the time and all fired up and you just got started yep. didn't have a lot of experience but you had a lot of mm. of uh piss and vinegar uh, we, we yeah it's, and i gotta say whatever i got it got worse <laughs> <laughs> so I, I you know i've been hearing from you obviously and and your progression but uh, a lot of folks are yeah, probably going to be pretty excited to, or interested to hear uh, how uh, things have gone uh, with you as a trapper yeah so i didn't want to go into too much detail but i think it's been enough time now and i don't think any of my customers uh listen to this but a lot of the i started getting some towns and i'll tell you that this is actually a funny story i had a town i'd only caught a handful of beaver in cages and uh i had this town hit me up little did i know that it was a it was a pain in the ass site that had been beat on by other trappers and they tried doing some non-lethal control that did, maybe the topography wasn't well suited for it and they dumped a bunch of money into that and um i was uh just hoping to just get some traps to get to get some more beaver traps, get some comm stocks, get some of the, I use, I use the Coro um, suitcase traps a lot. Those are really, really effective beaver catching tools. And uh, basically I had to uh, just tell like a little small fib and just basically be like, well, you know, my traps are kind of tied up at some other sites, which wasn't entirely, <laughs> it wasn't entirely a lie. Cause they were on my, they were on my fur line. Um, so I basically got this town to advance me the money wow. to buy more traps so that I could work with, so I could start the job immediately for them. And 
for all you guys out there, first of all, everyone is charging too little for beaver work. I can almost guarantee it. And and the other thing is, I the number I was thinking, their number was about five times what I was thinking. <laughs> so it's a good thing I didn't open my mouth because he who talks first loses. But yeah. Yeah, I, I got some advice from an old timer one time. He bought a snowmobile from me and he said, I, I've always, he said, he said, uh, in my experience, you ask the guy for his price first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your best price? And then you, and then you lowball him. And, uh, you got to insult him just enough to the point where he doesn't quite throw you away, but it at least opens up the, the communication. Then you got to just meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you know, a good, a good negotiation is where everybody feels slightly cheated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, so uh, then um, I was doing a lot of odd jobs and just trying to trap full time, and and I did not start my ADC business like you should. Um, I've always been kind of like a free spirited, like, well, let's see what happens, and we'll pick up the pieces later. And uh, I literally just kind of dove into it, and it got to the point where, like, aside from every now and then picking up a little side work when things are slow, I've I've been doing it, you know, full time now for about two two and a half years. So, so, so your experience as an ADC trapper and a uh, sort of a recreational or fur trapper have kind of both progressed it uh, simultaneously. Yeah, it's 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 been really cool. I mean, it's it's kind of nice. A lot of the ADC sites. I mean, I've been, I've been guilty of setting a couple couple cages for for fun stuff, you know. And and uh, while I'm while I'm working, you can you can mix a little business and pleasure. I mean this. This year, I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling and a lot of state hopping and stuff. And uh, I, I plan on doing a little mink and muskrat line, I think, on the way to my beaver jobs. And, you know, if I see some good cat sign, maybe maybe set something there and stuff. Maybe try to get after some coyotes, too. And, yeah, I've just been, you know, what really changed it for me, and I don't want to spoil too much because I, I really want to do, um, uh, this might be a spoiler, you might have to cut it, uh, but I, I'd love to do a cage trapping article because um, because that's that's you know, as far as critters caught, most of my critters have been in cages. It's only recently, you know, past few years, past two years or so that I've really started messing around with con. Uh, well, con bears you can use in mass under a special permit, but um, using footholds and stuff like that. So it's been a it's been a whole different game. You know, the the signs the same and everything's like that's the same. But when I when I felt restricted with cages, I think it was I forget who it was, but it might have been Comstock on Ron Jones's podcast. It's an old one. It's hard to find. But um, he was talking about, well, a cage trap, especially a double door one, it's no different than a conibear or a snare. And it was just like something clicked, you know? And so I just started, I used those double door beaver traps like 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 conibears or wherever I put a conibear. If it's, again, not a drowning set in mass, um, it, I'll put them where I'd put a conibear or I'll put them where I would put a snare, you know, so it's kind of, you know, looking at it that way. And those coros, mine are pretty heavily modified, which is another inside baseball that we can talk about at a later date. But, uh, you know, when you look at them, there's a, there's a big four inch pan, they're a foothold. Yeah. So anywhere you'd set a foothold for beaver, well, you can set one of those coro traps. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion, and I sure this is a question for debate another day, but I, I like the biggest trap that I can legally use. You know, if I could, if I could use, you know, 10 inch footholds for beavers, I would, you know, if they made them, <laughs> you know, you know, rather have that big kill area. And what's a Coro? It's a giant 
four foot foothold basically that just happens to instead of wrapping around their foot goes around their entire body yeah and in my opinion the in my view the biggest drawback of the cage traps is you got to carry them around i mean yeah but because of the areas that you trap i mean they're essentially all road access well well (laughs) no not always but yeah sometimes i do a lot of I've been doing, I do some uh, watersheds, which is really cool. So I get some, some of them have decent access, but there's some, still some times I got to hoof it into the woods and, and some of them, you know, there's one in particular, they have walking trails around the reservoir and in through the reservoir. So actually is, really is this damage control work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So you're, so you're getting off the road. Yeah. 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 Cause some of those reservoirs, you get Jardia in them and they can really wreak havoc or Cryptosporidium or any of that stuff. Okay. So it's not a flooding issue. That particular ones, no, they can't. They have a they have certain numbers that they have to test for, and if their Jardia tests are higher than X amount, then they have a serious problem, and they can get fines and stuff like that. Okay. So, but yeah, the road stuff isn't so bad. It's when you have to try to have this colossal trap and try to hide it, you know, for the for the rubberneckers and the and the the do-gooders or so they think do-gooders, you know. That's the that's the only downside. That's the time where I'm happy when I can pull a permit for Ghana bears because at least they're dead in the water. Yeah. How has that been? Have you had issues with members of the public harassing you or messing with your traps? Let me find some wood real quick. Um, no, not yet. <laughs> that's good. Not yet. I had one stolen out of state, and I'm pretty sure I know who did it. And the conservation officer is pretty sure he knows knows who did it because he's notorious for it. But uh. Yeah, it's pretty that, common actually, when someone when you go out of state. Anytime you go out of state and you don't know the guys in the area, they yeah. consider that they they think they own their trap line. Yep. Even if you have comes in, you, yep. the traps go missing. Well, that's a well. So I actually I, I apologize. I've actually had two two traps stolen, um, but one was returned to me because I had a uh, conservation officer out of state um, not read my trap tag right <laughs> and. Uh, and so this was right after I'd, I'd reported my uh, a little 110 stolen. So I just, you know, I called it in you know, as you're supposed to. I just said, hey, just a heads up. I had one go missing. So, you know, if something shows up and it's a little bit funny or something or whatever, you know, you know, I, I, I reported one missing. And it must have been a day or two later where I had one. I had a colony trap I built go missing, which, again, I don't have that much money into it. Well, now now with the price of steel, I mean, that's quite that might be petty larceny, you know, like, <laughs> but, but um. I called the conservation officer. I'd worked with him and close with him, chatted with him before. And he goes, where was that? I was like, oh, no. Did I set it somewhere I wasn't? I, I shouldn't have? Well, oh, I started to panic. And he goes, where, did, where exactly? What town? And I told him. He goes, uh-oh. He goes, I know who has your trap. He goes, another, <laughs> he goes, another conservation officer thought you were somebody that wasn't uh, wasn't supposed to be trapping. And he, and he grabbed it. And the guy, a British fella, he's real funny. And I, the first thing I said, I said, you know, it's a crime to touch somebody else's trap and tamper with them. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I'm so sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's because I'm Irish, isn't it? Yeah, you're English. So it's like an English Irish thing. Is that what's going on? And he, I had him laughing. And he's like, do you want me to put it back? I'm like, no, I panicked. And I pulled my whole line because I thought I was stepping on somebody's toes. I just pulled everything. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. So he actually, he wasn't too far from where I was and he, he drove it down and met me. It was, he was a good guy about it. But I was like, you know, next time I might have to press charges. So just, you just be careful. This is a warning to you. 
But um, so yeah, that was the uh, that was my couple that were stolen, and I had that that guy I think that stole the one ten. I ran into him, and he says, "You know, if somebody traps this property." I'm like, "Well, I got permission from the owner, and nobody had heard from the other trapper for two three years, so they didn't know if he's alive or whatever." I didn't wasn't trying to you know take anybody's line that they built or anything, and he goes, "That's me," and we had a big uh, big to do about that. So that wasn't that wasn't ideal. That crushed some of my uh, some of my coyote dreams, and then one of my other properties where I was just doing some work for a friend. Uh, I had to pull up on it because I just got too busy with beaver, which I'm trying to avoid that happening this year. I'd like to get after some coyotes and cats in footholds. You know, I caught a few in cages. Yeah, but the beaver work pays. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to uh, even to justify it to you know at least you know my girlfriend when I'm like, hey, I'm I'm I gotta go, I gotta go to work. She's like, all right, go make money. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm I gotta go chase. Five dollar muskrats, <laughs> and I'm gonna drive a real long time to go get them too. <laughs> She's a little less understanding. Or <laughs> is the the vast majority or, or all of your animal damage control work beaver right now? I've been branching out up until recently. It has been, but it's just been. Uh, I've been I've been really trying to. You know, we just bought a house, and I'm really trying to. You know, got to get a new truck before the season because mine is a walking you know, beacon to, to law enforcement officers and it's just not running good. And, and I just need to uh, get that one off the road and retire it as, which, you know. Yeah. You get a call and you need to go somewhere. You got to have a dependable track. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And ideally one with power steering and like lights that work, and like, <laughs> you know, blinkers and, and, you know, not, not a bucket of rust and, you know, you know all those things, safety and whatnot. So but yeah, and so, you know, and I'm, you know, trying to get this house set up. You know, we bought an old farmhouse, but it doesn't have a garage or a shed. And so in my old place, I had an apartment. And I was uh, putting up fur in the attic. <laughs> it was like one of those, like, barely finished attics where they just, like, threw down some plywood and called it good enough. And it was a mess. And I put up a lot of critters in that attic. <laughs> yeah. And so, now in, and your I, new, in your new place, it's, uh, it's fur shed time. Yeah, yep. Hopefully, uh, if not this year, I have a buddy that lives four minutes away that has a beautiful basement that he has kindly offered to me. He's real passionate about like cleaning skulls and he does a little home home tanning and stuff like that. So I've been trying I've been trying to pay him to put up my fur. Not that I don't love it, but I do catch a decent amount, especially with the beaver work. And those are time consuming. And I've been trying real hard to just bring him to the dark side and like have him be my fur guy. <laughs> and uh he says no. He goes because I love it and I don't want to ruin that. <laughs> and I'm like, that's smart. I should have thought of that. Not that I'm just kidding. I I, I still love it, but it, at times it's a little. Every now and then, it it, it does. Sometimes you you're like, oh, I am doing real work. This is actually this is actually work. As fun as it is. <laughs> yeah, and a, a lot of the beaver stuff, you, you're probably doing as much physical work as you are trapping, right? Yeah, yeah, those things. You know, clients get real, real, real persnickety if you just leave carcasses on the property, you know. I don't understand it. I mean, it attracts coyotes and stuff. They could put some sets in, you know, but what are you going to do? So, but yeah, so it's, um, so luckily, yeah, it's, I've been trying to branch out. I've been doing some, some more exclusion stuff and it's, it's hard not to get into that. I mean, I do know some guys that are high number beaver guys that that's all they do, but they also got into it later in life and maybe had some side businesses and stuff, you know, 
so I'm just trying to look at all aspects of it. You know, I think I was telling you before, I might might get my fur buying license. You know, I might, you know, I've been messing around with some lures and formulating and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's been that's been cool. I like I like that. Um, so, you know, just try to diversify and try to just basically I mean, I eat, sleep and breathe trapping and it's neglected my fishing and my hunting and I wouldn't change it. I, I think I told you last time, if I could, if I had to choose, if you held a gun to my head, said hunting, fishing, trapping, you can only pick one. I'd probably pick fishing, but only because you can do it year round, you know, but trapping's real close. It might, it, it's, uh, you know what I mean? Well, with the damage work, you can trap year round. Yeah, it's, it's true. But man, catch, catching summer beaver sucks, man. You can cut out the casters, but like, dude. I'm carrying balloons out of the woods that are exploding on me and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same as pulling up on like a nice one and you know, Oh, it's going to be a beautiful pelt. And, oh, I can't wait to put it up. And, you know, yeah. like when it's cold, I eat a lot of the meat. I actually, that's one of my, I do a, I do the backstraps a lot, but I actually do, um, I call it castor asada. Like I do like a, like, like a carne asada, but, uh, beaver in Spanish is castor, you so, so I do it like a like a it's like a steak taco with with beaver and like cilantro and stuff. It's real good. It's real tasty. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. So but yeah, I've just been, I, you know, part of it. I think with before, you know, I was so, I was so nervous when I was, especially really green, and I'm still wicked green. Let's not let's not pull any punches about it. But when I was even more green, I was I was also just worried I was going to lose it. You know, I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird thing. But I, just, I felt like if I don't trap, like if I don't stay on it, if I don't keep reading sign and keep hammering on them, and I don't, you know, work real real hard, like I'm I'm going to have to like I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to relearn how to do it next season. So that's like that is one of the good things. It's like you got to keep your edge sharp. So the the ADC stuff definitely. By the time trapping season rolls around. I'm like firing on all cylinders. So this time of year, I'm just catching up on projects and licking my wounds, you know? <laughs> How do you find business? It's, dude, I just, I straight up old school Boy Scout it, just like door knock people. And it's it's probably not the best. I've had some people advise me that I should probably get a better website or, and by a better, I mean a website. And, uh, maybe do some marketing or something, but honestly, it's all been word of mouth. I've been, I'll literally just, I'll call, you know, like this time of year. And I've actually had a lot of stuff come to fruition from scout, like from like prospecting in years past, I'll call every DPW in an area I want to work. Say this is what that's probably a unique thing to Massachusetts that people outside of the area won't know about is that uh, because of the trapping ban, basically you need, uh, well, first of all, there are so many animal damage problems because the beaver population exploded after yeah. they banned trapping. And it's true. the exception allows for trapping with the permission from public works departments for different towns, right? Or the health department. So we're actually, don't tell anybody, but we're, we're actually a lot like Maine where, where, well, in one way, we don't need permission if it's not posted. So if it's not posted land, we could, we could slam in a set, you know, um, it's with the, um, now if it's out of season, then we have to go, we have to pull a permit. So that allows us to use con bears or allows us to use cages out of season. Um, so, but during, no, so during the season, you can trap beavers without permission from the town. 
Correct. If you wanted to, but, but nobody's doing it because again, those Coro traps now are about five hundred dollars. Okay, you, can try, you can't use body grips. Yeah, you can if you pull the permit, but they've been cracking down as far as pulling permits out of uh, in season because they say, well, you can use cages, and so there are some there are some stipulations. You can make a case, and some towns are different than others. Some towns you'll have a board of health director that hates trapping. And it'll take it'll take an act of God to get them to, to give you an emergency permit to use conibears. And then others are like, I have, you know, I have one town. I could call them right now and I could have a permit in about a half an hour. You know, I was so, like, hey, I'm about, to, I'm about to put in an application. He goes, no problem. Which town? Which spot? No problem. When do you want me to date it for? OK, no problem. All right. You'll have it in your inbox in half an hour. And so so cage trapping was never banned. No. Cage trapping is never banned, but you do need to pull that same permit. It's the same permit to use a conibear as it is to trap out of season. And our beaver season goes from November 1st to April 15th. Okay. So, so yeah. So, but basically what I've been doing for work is I, I, I would literally just find a spot and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to call every town in this area. And then one out of six maybe would get back to me and be like, oh yeah, we have a bunch of problems. And I'm like, I figured. I had a, I had a feeling, you know, and I mean, I'm, I just, you know, I just turned 30 this year. So, um, you know, a lot of the guys that were doing it are aging out, you know, so it's been, it's, it's not great for recruitment and, and all that retention and so on and so forth. But I, I have been afforded the opportunity to trap a lot of places that I never would have if it was a competitive fur market or if it was, affordable for somebody to get into it you know i was just telling somebody like i'd love to do a little mink and muskrat line with the boys in state but you know it's it's you know trying to catch them and trying to catch them alive in cages is is a is a difficult task to say the least so so yeah i've been doing some state hopping and i've actually gotten some control work for some other state highway departments i had a pretty substantial contract which has been keeping me busy which is where i've been messing around with uh, footholds and like i said i'm not trying to i'm not trying to blow up uh any state spot and i don't want to you know give the antis any any uh ammunition because i'm sure i'm sure they're uh i'm sure they're out there and i'm sure they listen to this thing so yeah, you'd be surprised yeah <laughs> maybe well, a few, maybe a couple but i i really don't think the antis uh spend a maybe if they can catch like a 30 second blast that they can latch onto, they might, but sure, uh, you sure. got to sit around and listen for a lot of hours. You, you might even be turned into a trapper if you listen long <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's the, my favorite thing about the damage control is the people that would never, I would never. And then it's their problem. And then they're like, Oh, kill them all then. You know, <laughs> it's great. It's, it's amazing great. How, how fast they get cold, you know? Yeah. And, I was just listening to some, I think it was the Meteor podcast, they were saying, you know, acceptance for wolves directly correlates to how, cl or the inverse of how closely you live to them. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so if they're in your backyard, suddenly your your, your uh, charismatic megafauna stock goes way down. And if, if you're in the city, you know, you, you like you might like the idea of wolves more than you like the actual animal. All the positives, none of the negatives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... But yeah, man, it's been really cool. I've I've been very blessed and very fortunate, and uh, I've just been just just road dogging it, just putting a lot of miles on my truck and just hustling hard. And 
I literally, if I can sit down with somebody and just explain it to me, even if they don't have a problem, like I can talk the conservation aspect of it. I can t explain, you know, I've gotten pretty well versed in, you know, the uh, biology of especially beaver. That's my, that's my forte for sure. And it's, it's, it's been great. You know, it's, it, I've, I've been amazed at how even big contracts, they might say, Hey, we have this application process. You got to, you know, do X, Y, and Z and like certain things I had to ramp up my insurance coverage from, uh, let's just say, uh, between none and one. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so like some of these things, you know, I had to ramp up the vehicle coverage and ramp up my liability coverage and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's also got me in the door with some of these bigger contracts and doing stuff for, you know, bigger state highway departments and stuff like that. And, uh, and even doing some residential and stuff. It's, it's amazing. You know, if you do good work and you, you just are just honest with people and, and do what you say you're going to do and solve the problem. It doesn't even, my thing is, you know, sometimes you don't have to kill them all. Sometimes you just got to solve the problem. You know, if they're, if they're not damning, if they're not flooding, like I call that a victory, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, I think Clint Locklear said this one time. If you do, if you just do what you say you're going to do, you're ahead of 90% of everybody else. Yeah. And also contractors, I mean, having just bought a house, contractors are a nightmare to deal with. No disrespect to any of you out there. I'm sure you're all wonderful people and run upstanding businesses, but having had to deal with lawyers and contractors and insurance people, I mean, there's some real scum out there. Let me tell you. It's people, people, people. <laughs> my wife and I talk about this all the time. Anytime it's, it's, it's everything in life. It's people you have to deal with. And it's like, nobody yeah. can communicate effectively. The, well, the easiest part of ADC is the animals. They, act, they, <laughs> they act don't talk exactly, back. <laughs> no, they, they act, they act exactly how they are supposed, supposed to. to and every now and then, every now and then you get a weird one. <laughs> it's the people that are a real nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, oh, yeah, I'll show up next week, and then in three weeks go go by, and where yeah. you go? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you call him, and he doesn't even act surprised. Like, oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. You said you're gonna show up. Well, uh. the fun thing I've been dealing with, which I haven't gotten into with um, with the uh, like the the bigger contracts. I didn't realize this, but you get paid monthly, or sometimes bi-monthly like i didn't realize that yeah cash flow hate, can be a problem i used to hate bi-weekly paychecks <laughs> and now they're like you might see it in 30 days but if it's if it's less than 60 consider yourself lucky and, and you have <laughs> to do a lot of paperwork and invoicing and stuff right? oh it's the worst it's the worst i wish i could just cut off tails and mail them to them or something you know but uh, no sometimes i have to send invoices and all that sort of thing and it's not fun. That's the, that's the side of it that's, that is a trapper. I'm like, I just want to be in the woods. I just want to be outside. I just want to be catching critters and, and, and playing in the swamp. I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing paperwork. That is pretty this ambitious year. though, to grab a, a, onto a highway department contract as a, a brand new trapper, essentially. It was a town one, but then I got one town and then I could use that town as a reference. And I was like, Hey, this, and it's especially bunny hugger town. And, uh, I was able to use them as a reference and they said, well, this guy can do it quietly and discreetly and he has no problem sneaking in at four in the morning or throwing on a, a fluorescent vest and a hard hat to try to hide in plain sight and that this, that, and that sort of thing. And then they tell the neighboring town and then so on. And so it's spread pretty quick, you know, and then a lot of my mentors from mass trappers, you know, I've been, I got more involved with mass trappers. You know, I was a member since I, the first year I didn't just cause I didn't know how to, how to join 
then I didn't. I think when I took Trap Red, I didn't have the money or something because they offered after Trap Red to join the the state organization. But I've been getting really involved with that. I'm actually on the the executive board for Mass Trappers, which is a huge honor. Um, and this that's the the state trapping association in Massachusetts. Yeah, the Massachusetts Trappers Association. Please follow us on Facebook. We got a great community there, and uh, we have a non-voting membership. So I think like ten bucks or something. So if you want to want to do that or buy a patch or something we'd certainly love it especially could use the uh we could definitely use the members you know we're uh we're the second worst great state in the union for trapping yeah california's get you beat huh yeah we, we they got us beat but just barely i mean if things go much worse we'll be we'll be there with them you know that's it for tonight's episode hope you enjoyed it and now it's time for the Cotsboro's message of the week I believe at the time of recording, Cotsboro still has a limited supply of TS-85 beaver traps ready to be shipped. So that's been a three to four week backlog uh, for those if, you, if you've been ordering them. Uh, but I believe they still have some. They've, they've started to catch up a little bit and they can ship those out right away. So uh, be sure to try and get on that while you can because it's going to be harder and harder to find supplies as we get uh, closer to the season, I believe that everything's kind of uh, everything that's coming from uh, distant areas and requires steel, especially, is getting either more expensive or difficult to find. Also, be sure to check out the clearance and specials when you're on the Cotsboros website to take advantage of some deals that they may have going on. Thanks, Cotsboros. Thank you guys. And till next time, keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping. We will catch you on the next episode.